This is Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul, and sleigh bells are ringing. Are you listening? Oh, that's how we're going to start? It's the holiday season. There's so much wine and gift-giving and parties. I'm getting giddy this time of year. Giddier, giddier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I'm Rick Cushman. I'm Paul Wagner. This is Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Today, we're talking about the wine and holiday season and how they merge together. We'll have some gift ideas, some party tips, and food pairings. We have lots of questions from listeners. And as usual, we'll make fun of wine snobs. Giddy up. That's us. Stay with us. You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul, and today we are talking about the holidays. We love the holidays. I certainly love the holidays. Oh, you're just a holiday spirit kind of guy, Rick. Actually, it's more about people giving me wine. Yeah, but the holiday spirit is good. It's better, so it's better to get gifts than receipts, as an old friend says. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. All right, so since we're talking about gifts and wine, because there are actually, we get a lot of questions about these sorts of things, so let's talk about wine gifts or the gifts around the world of wine. Right. And there's a couple of categories. There's wine, there's gifts for wine lovers, just right. wine as a so gift. So there's, there's the wine bring, gugas, and then there's wine itself, and then there's the wine you bring to parties. What's the gugas? Oh, you know, like the wine glass or the wine oh, the coaster. Stuff, the the goofy stuff. Yeah, yeah right. the gugas. The gugas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so, yeah. so we're going we're gonna to break this down and, and, uh, and uh, talk about, let's start with bringing wine to a wine lover. Okay. All right. So, what or gift? Giving a gift to wine lovers. So, now you may disagree, but I say now I'm I'm going out on a limb, and I'm saying what you do is you you try oh give them wine. How about wine as a gift? You know, um, I would tell you that I'm a wine lover, and I have well, wine all over the place. And the last thing I ever need is for people to give me wine. Hmm. Okay, I'll remember that because now I can get you a way cheaper That's present. That's right. You <laughs> can give me something. That's yes, right. I, I, yeah, have, I mean, d- I have a lovely flower for you. <laughs> <laughs> flower arrangement. Yeah. My wife would be very happy. There you go. Yeah, I think it's hard to give wine to wine geeks, to people who really take wine. Let's put it this way. Wine more seriously than the gift giver takes wine. Mm. That's a hard thing to do because mm. you're always afraid you're going to get them the wrong thing or something. That, you know, there's nothing worse than handing somebody a gift and having them say, oh, great. Yeah, I've had this 150 times in the last two years and fine, but... Nothing special about this. Now, if you can find a bottle that has a good story, and I happen to be particularly lucky that my brother-in-law shares the same name as a winemaker who makes wine under his own label. And oh, so, so you just give him the I same I give him nice, bottles of sweet, wine that have sweet. his name on the label. And he, the first time I did it, he thought it was he thought it was specially made just for him. I finally broke down after a couple of years and told him, no, actually, that's the name of the winemaker, too. So. Uh, well, but but there's an, another category of person, and then I'm going to go back to the really serious wine person. Yes. But there's another category of person which are which makes up many of my friends, which is why actually I can be extraordinarily popular despite the fact I don't deserve to be. Which is that <laughs> they like wine. Yeah, they go out for wine. They talk a yeah. little bit about wine, but they don't really know much about it. But right. I pay attention because. I'm, See, you I'm know devious. more about wine than they do. Well, it's the deviousness where I want them to like me, and so right. I know what wines they like. Yeah. I, I can name sure. five or six of my best friends. I know exactly what kinds of wines they like. Well, then you're golden. Yeah, and I'm, but I think that with um, the sort of wine person, the person who like, is, likes to get wine but isn't their whole life, but they're always right. happy to have it, right. I think wine is a really good gift. It is a great gift as long as you know what they like. 
or or at least in the ballpark. In the yeah, ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it's more difficult. I always remember that you know Malcolm Forbes had a fabulous wine collection, and he used to give bottles of wine to people all the time, and he always said, "I don't want to know what you think of this." Mm, right, he right. said, if you like it, great. But if you don't like it, I don't want to hear about it. I'm giving you a gift. Take it home. Drink it. But he didn't want to be judging his friends by what wines they liked and all the rest of that. And I'm sure very few people decided they were going to give Malcolm Forbes a bottle of wine because if he liked wine, he already owned it. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know what you give Malcolm Forbes, but probably leave him alone with <laughs> a gift. Right. You know, actually, what you do is when you give somebody a gift of wine, you tell them how great it is, the wine. Because you tell that, them a story. It, well, if you can give them a wine that has a good story, you're way ahead of the game. But I'm saying you tell them the wine is really delicious because we are influenced by things like that. Sure. If you say, mm, you're going to love this wine, they're going to they're, they're gonna like it a well, little. Well, maybe. If you mm-hmm. say that, Rick, maybe they're going to say, not. oh, geez, yeah, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna wonder, anything. See, if I can find somebody credible. Um, That's right. Yeah. So, but there are also, and then there's the sort of the beginner person. And I have to say, though, you know, I'm somebody, I like getting wine. Now, yes. it depends on the wine, and the truth of it is, and we're going to talk about this factor in, a little bit later, um, which is that, you know, if, if it's a very, if it's a wine that, that I don't like or sort of, I don't want to say inexpensive wine, but just something I would buy easily myself. You're right. Right. Um, but if it's right. something that's just even remotely interesting, I don't know anything about it or I do know yep. something about it, yep. I think it's always really cool. And I have one friend who keeps finding these weird, not not expensive wines at all, you know, yep. under $10, yep. these weird wines. And I love that he does that because, for me, that's really fun. So sure. it, it can be, depend as well. Yep. And I think, you know, uh, I think I've told the story before, but when my wife and I got married, someone gave us a mixed case of wine. Mm-hmm. What a great adventure to taste through those. Mm-hmm. And Holidays in season, put together a little, uh, few, a little collection of bottles here for Matt Massini, our uh, our engineer here. And there's a story behind each one of those bottles, and he's going to have some fun popping the corks and thinking, "Geez, what are these guys doing with a radio show on wine? If this is the stuff they're giving away?" That's probably true. Yeah. Well, Matt, sorry, we, we gave you the, we gave you stuff we were trying to get rid of here. So That's right. sorry, sorry about that, my friend. Uh, um, and then there are other wine-related gifts right. um, and other kinds of things in terms yep. of gifts. Um, the goo guys, as you call them. The goo guys. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay, now I'm going to tell you, I'm not a fan of the goo guys. There's, uh-huh. there's only one—well, there's two kinds of goo guys that I, I do think are okay. Okay. What are um, they? But, but one of them is not really a goo guy. So the, the one that is more in the goo guy is, I think, a, a, good, just a really simple but good bottle opener. Now, yes. now, not the big, yes. giant, super fancy no, stuff. No, 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 no. The good, simple a, waiter style, yeah. but the nicely made, the yes. double jointed, yes. Teflon coated. Exactly cost right. Cost you under 15 bucks. Absolutely right. Yeah, and yeah. they actually do pull the corks out of the bottle, which they have. That's the one advantage they have over a lot of them. Yeah, and, and, and it's amazing how many people who drink wine do not have a good right. cork pull. There's a lot of really dumb ones floating around. There's all yep. these big, giant things, and there's the, you know, the, was it the rooster or the chicken or the, what's the, I the rabbit? The rabbits. Yeah, I knew it was. I knew it was small game. That's all I knew. It was a small game. The, 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 sm- chicken. <laughs> the small game. The small game uh, opener. The um, uh, the small but, domestic farmyard animal. So, so what that was that Paul just mentioned, and it's it's double hinge. So it's that basic waiter's uh, opener, but it's got a, a second level to it. It's really yep. they're very easy to find. Yep. Um, and if it's Teflon coated, m- much easier for getting it in, but it'll still grab the cork. Um, and you want if you can find one, you want it with a little bit longer. 
the screw itself yep. makes life a lot simpler and yep. easier for you. And they are, I love them. And I, frankly, I feel like I can't have enough because I'm always sticking them in bags and things. Because you're just in losing case. them, because right? you're using them, because you're giving them to people who need them. And I throw them at people if they don't absolutely. like them. Absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. Right. So the, so that that's one a like. good Guga. And yes. then the and then the other wine related gift that yep. I would give somebody is our glasses. Right. And it's funny you mention that because the two things that well, came to you my mind need them. <laughs> right off the bat, I sure do need them. Um, if anybody is listening, Paul Wagner had all his glasses destroyed in the Napa earthquake. And if if you want to give him a present, I'm say, just saying. <laughs> but um, one of the even people who have wine glasses, many of them do not have flutes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And flutes can be quite spectacular. And I, I have friends who actually, I have a couple of friends who actually have a collection. Each flute from uh, is a different gift, a different shape, um, but they have that's how they serve their bubbly. And it's really beautiful. And they're they are not that expensive. And you can give them, you know, if you give somebody two flutes, that's giving them a romantic dinner. You know, you got a bottle of bubbling, right. two flutes, and right. what else do you need? That is well, actually a very you, nice gift. You need someone to have dinner with. Is two, but... two flutes and a bottle of bubbling. That's and then, right. then you find a boyfriend or girlfriend to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, that's, right. Hi, meet Sean. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be your date with this <laughs> bottle of wine. <laughs> or you just give him the two flutes and the bubbling and say, I hope you can find someone to drink this with. Yes. <laughs> um, on the other hand, I am no fan of anything made with leftover corks. Those cork ah. mass and cork. Things and yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. You know, no. I no. although I I'm going to take it in another direction. I think that there are some good books you could give people. Yeah, that's true. And one you of know, the books, I, I know two really good ones. Yeah, I bet you wrote them. <laughs> well, I was going to suggest those. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm thinking uh, the one book that I think anyone who's interested in wine would find interesting, rewarding, and helpful is Hugh Johnson's World Atlas of Wine. The, it's a fun book. It's not a cheap gift. It's a big book. But it's, it's what, pretty, 50 bucks, something yeah, yeah. like that? But it's really fun for somebody who likes wine because you can because look anything up. It has maps of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so one of my, no matter what you're drinking, you can find it in that book and you can say, that's the village that's on this label. Look, this wine comes from right there. Now, this is definitely a gift for somebody who likes wine a lot or is learning about learning wine about and wine. also has room for a coffee table book. But yep. it is, but it, I, I agree with you completely. It's my favorite reference book. It's yep. something I'm always looking up really fun stuff for. So I completely agree with you on that one, which is See? surprises there me. There you go. Yeah, Who I know. knew? I know. So the, the next level of, um, of giving wine is bringing it to a party. Yes. Now, this changes what you're doing. And we, we talk about this a lot. We've talked about this in other shows. But I think it's always a good thing, a good reminder with holiday season. What right. kind of wines do you suggest for bringing to parties? Okay. So I have a pet peeve here. Do you mind if I go on a little I, rant? I thought the, your, the peeve was tied up outside, <laughs> The right? peeve is tied up outside. Yeah, yeah. Come on in. It's, it's His gonna, name is Elroy, by the way. It's going to peeve Elroy on the, the floor peeve. if yeah, we're not careful. Yeah. Um, when you take a bottle to a party— you are not taking a bottle to a party. You are giving a gift to the person who is hosting the party. This is not a peeve. This is a very good point. Yes. It's not your wine at that no point. No longer your wine. When you give them the bottle, it's their wine. Bye-bye bye wine. they say, thank you very much, and they put it in the back drawer, and they pull out something else, that's their decision. So you are not, in fact, taking a bottle of wine to a party. You are taking a bottle of wine as a host or hostess gift to the person who's hosting the party. And what you should do is pick a bottle of wine that they will like. Right. Now, and, you know, actually down that road, if you, you know, a lot of times the host will just put it with the other wines. Yes. Thinking. So if you want to make sure that they think of it as a, a gift, put it in a wine bag. 
really easy. You know, yes. a dollar yeah. seventy eight supermarket wine bag. You yep. know, or just tell them this is for you. Whatever you like to or, do. You, you know. know, I one of the things I tell them when I hand them the bottle is, I think this is a really nice wine, but please don't feel that you have yeah. to open it tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know, I think that's a really nice thing to do when you bring wine as a, to a party or, or a gift because. You, you know, you just want to make life. You're giving this as a gift. It's not about you. It's about them. You want to make life right. helpful for them. And we, That's a right. lot of times, we forget that. You know, we have um, my house. We have uh, we've already gone past this, and we'll advertise it next year so people can bring the right wines. But we have a very big Halloween party every year. Uh-huh. Um, it is. Uh, it's just. It's our holiday. And, you know, um, and, <laughs> well, and, one look at you, Rick, and yes, I can see why. It's, it's, I am kind of scary. <laughs> aren't I? Um, and, you know, and we get two kinds of wines a lot. One of them is that people are bringing wines as a gift for me, right? which is really nice, but I want them to be a gift for the party so that I open up. And the other right. one is that people are bringing the goofiest wine, uh, Halloween. Halloween-style sh- wine. Yeah. That's so, right. So let me suggest for somebody bringing a gift uh, to a Christmas party, don't get one with Santa's face on it. <laughs> Just <laughs> probably not going to be that good a wine. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be that good a wine. Yeah. Good but, advice. Good but, advice from wine connoisseur Rick Quickland. Yeah, yeah. Avoid wines with Santa. <laughs> face on the label. See? Am I not useful? <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, but if you are bringing, especially the sort of like the, you know, the the company party where everybody's bringing a bottle of wine. Right. Or, right. you know, it's the a BYOB neighbor, bo- party. Yeah, right. right. It, um, there are a couple of wines that, that are often more vul- ver- vulnerable, more versatile. <laughs> Some yep. wines are more vulnerable. They, they, don't, <laughs> they don't take criticism well. <laughs> That's right. They just wear their heart on their sleeve. <laughs> but some wines are more versatile. I have my favorites. What are yours? Um, bubbly always makes a always. party better. Yes, yes. And uh, never like to bring a bottle of wine to a party and then say, you know, if you wait 10 years, this is going to be mm, really good to drink. No, don't you do want, that. No. You want something that's going to be relatively approachable young, which means probably more likely to be Pinot Noir than Cabernet. Um, but these days, most wines are being made to drink when they're relatively young. The one thing that I do love bringing is wines that have some sort of significance either for you or the people you're giving them to. So a wine from the year they got married, a wine from the restaurant or the wine they drank at the restaurant the first time you met them, uh, the wine that you have served to them three times in your house and they always raved about it. Oh, yeah. I don't care Those what it is, good. just something that makes it sound as if you thought about it rather than that you stopped in at the convenience store on the way over to the party and grabbed a bottle out of the rack. So I shouldn't bring a Slurpee is what you're saying. <laughs> Don't. No Slurpees. Okay, you folks get that. No service. Actually, and I'm thinking more maybe because I've you know spent my life in journalism where our, our parties are just you know hanging out and people kind of making fools of themselves. Um, oh, I thought they were hanging out wishing that magazines and newspapers weren't dead. Yeah, well, there's that, dead. too. You know, well, not the radio <laughs> like business anymore. like a party, yes, that's, right? It's partly true. It's why they drink heavily. <laughs> but the uh, but just that sort of big bash of bringing a, a party, a wine for the group. I actually have two suggestions. And one of them is because nobody brings these to parties, but everybody drinks this wine, which is Chardonnay. Uh-huh. Just bring sure. a decent Chardonnay. Sure, Delicious, it'll be decent, gone. I, yeah, right, like There'll that. A lot of other people's wines will be on the counter. Yours and will be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, even Pinot Grigio, but I think Chardonnay because it's just yep. it's, even people will drink it. And then the the other one would be uh, a, a Malbec, a decent uh-huh. Malbec, because people are kind of interested in it right now. I just think, and it looks like you yep. tried. It looks like you were sort of being sure. interesting, but also because people will like it. Malbecs yep. goes with a lot of different foods and a lot of the foods that get yep. served at parties. So I think that yep. kind of covers a gamut. 
yep. you know, if you don't know it. Well, I'd, had, I'd add one more suggestion there, which is any wine that comes from someplace bizarre that nobody's ever heard of That's before. always fun, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, who knows? Um, um, you could bring in a furmint from Hungary. You could bring in a vino nobile de Montepulciano. You could bring in a bottle of Franciacorta. And all you have to do is know one fact about that wine region. And everyone will be interested in trying something new. They may like it. They may not like it. But it's an adventure. You've given them an adventure. What else do you want out of a party? That's that's a very good suggestion. Um, I think I think anything from Tasmania has a wine region. Yes, they do. I think any yep. they, you know you're going to get a lot of the wines that you might get from New Zealand, which cool wine regions of Pinot Noir and a couple of whites like Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc. And yep. if you bring a, if you could find a Tasmanian anything. So, I mean, that's exactly really good. Just sure. find something that kind of rings a bell with you, too. Yep. Particularly my, if it's a Looney Tunes-themed <laughs> that's party, right. because then you could bring a Tasmanian devil wine. Most of my parties do have <laughs> Looney Tunes. And, and then last point to this, which is about when somebody brings you a wine. Yes. Now, we, you and I talk about all the time, since since all of we know all of our listeners, listeners are cool, gracious people. Um, but if somebody brings you a wine that you really didn't like— Yep. Still be gracious. You say thank you very, thank much, you very much, and That's you think awesome. this is great because Thursday night I've been invited to a party at Rick's house, and I'll just take this wine over there, there and go. give it to him, yeah. and yeah. your problem is solved. Yeah, and you might actually, if they bring it and you do think you want to open it for the meal, you should say, and do you mind if I open it for the meal or do you mind if I open it for the party? Are you okay with that? You know, it's, it's okay to be clear with them, and tell, it also shows that you're interested in the wine. Yeah, That's although a, I think once they give it to you, it's your wine. You can do anything yeah, you want Yeah, but it. I'm just saying make life simple for everybody. Be gracious. It's I, I, One of these days I'm going to try it. So, I'm Yeah, just, good luck. Let me know how it goes with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is Ball Talk with Rick and Paul. Next up, we'll take some questions. Stay with us. You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. It's time to open our mailbag and take questions from listeners. If you'd like to ask us a question that we can answer on the show, go to rickandpaulwine.com, all one word, Rick and Paul Wine. We will give it a shot. Uh, I think before we answer questions, actually, though, we should tell people who we are just so they know that we are vaguely qualified to do this. Don't you know? I'm Paul Wagner. And I'm Rick Cushman. So there thanks for listening. Okay. Well, Paul, I'll oh, tell wait. you, I'll tell you okay. about Paul. Paul's been in the business for a long time, teaches a lot of places, Napa Valley College, CAA included. Around the world, the CIA, sometime. That's a culinary institute. Culinary of America. America. I'm yeah, not we a need spy. to say that. Yeah, he is. Um, no, he's really bad at being a spy, um, <laughs> and yet he chooses to degrade his reputation by hanging around here. Yep. And Rick Cushman is a noted author of books about wine, as well as a journalist. And uh, what I love about him is he runs the California State Fair wine competition. He is the chief judge there so that he gets to de- dress up in pretty robes. Yeah. He's saying he likes that. So that when he judges for us, I'll give him good wines to taste. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to some questions. Our first comes from Kelly Weaver in Mill Valley. When the family gets together, we have a cousin who shows up and turns into a jerk. So, uh, you know what? We can't help Kelly. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Cousins are that way. Yeah. This is Kelly. I don't want to identify him, but his first name rhymes with Phil and starts with a B. <laughs> <laughs> his last name could just possibly be the same as mine. <laughs> anyway, he gets that wine snob voice and tells everyone what's wrong with the wine they like. What should we do with him? Well, my first argument is oh, don't invite him don't or invite stick him in the backyard. Yeah. So, so what do you, how do you deal with that person? And it's always a guy, isn't it? It's it is always a guy. Always a yeah. guy. And I have to tell you, before we, before we talk about um, uh, Kelly's uh, cousin, Bill, I need to tell a story about an uncle I had who was very much the same kind of guy. Really? Yeah. And he actually invited the entire family to his house for Thanksgiving. 
he had not invited anyone to his house for years and years and years, and then he got a new house. And he invited us not because he wanted to see us. He invited us because he wanted to show us the house. And he pulled out two bottles of wine, and they were both really old and tired and dreadful. And he obviously went into his cellar and picked the two worst bottles and thought, I'm not going to waste good wine on those crummy people. (laughs) And you know what? I am a good sport, Rick. The guy pours me a glass of wine, and this was a California Beaujolais-style wine that was 20 years old. I mean, it was just plain dead. Yeah, and for somebody who doesn't know what that is, we're talking about wines that are really meant to be drunk young and fresh. And, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this like, thing had died. Young, you know, fresh wine, had 20 died years old. In the, right. in the Kennedy right. administration. <laughs> so he pours me the wine, and he says, well, you're the wine expert. What do you think of this wine? And the only thing I could really tell him, because I try really hard not to lie to people, but I said, well, I said, you know, it's... It's pretty much what you'd expect, you know. It's um, oh, that's a good answer. It's pretty you know, much it's pretty what much you'd what expect. you'd expect. I'm going to remember that. And he then thinks that I'm not being forthright enough, so he pours himself a glass and tastes it, puts the glass down, and says with an obnoxious loud voice, "Well, I was going to say that I've had a worse wine at some point, but I don't think I have." Anybody else want some? And did not replace the bottle. Just kept pouring people out of the bottle that he just described as as the worst wine he'd ever had. So this is really the what not to do as a host kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, what do you do with those guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I would have just taken him out and whacked him one. But the the thing is, when you have a family member or a friend, right, that kind of does that. I think what I always say. I mean, you know. You and I get less of this because most of the people who know us know we're in the business. Although we right. still get some. I oh, I still yeah. get people some people who want to make sure that I know that they know something or that they're cooler than me. Now, Which, not hard. Not hard, but not in the <laughs> wine world that I can be any cooler because you know, the rest of the world, I've, right. I'm totally there with them. Right. Um, is I usually say, you know what? I sure love wine. I just think if you like it, that's great. You know, I go to my rule. If you love it, you're right. If you hate it, you're right. Right. What I sort of do is I poo-poo the notion that it matters. See, Kelly's in a problem here because Kelly doesn't have any credentials. Kelly's just sitting here saying, okay, jerk shows up at my house, makes fun of everybody else's wine. I think I know we're going to go with this. So two solutions. One of them, which you know already because I've said this before, tell him he's in charge of bringing the wine. Now, there, there is a danger there. He's going to bring you something nobody's going to like. He's, he's going to bring yeah. you a lot of things nobody's going to yeah, like, and then yeah. he's going to tell everybody why, why they're so wrong good. for yeah. not liking it. Yeah. But the other problem here is this could be just as easily about the only Dodgers fan in a family full of Giants fans when he shows up and he's an obnoxious jerk and he tells everybody what's wrong with the baseball team. Some people are just jerks. Well, if yeah, that's true. But if it's Dodgers— And I don't mean that specifically about Dodgers fans, although as a Giant fan, you understand Plus, there's a rivalry. this year we, we have a pretty good defense. This, yeah. <laughs> but but the, the point being, people can be jerks about anything. Yeah. It's sad that they have to be it about wine. Yeah, it really is sad about wine. Wine is such a joyous thing, and and that jerk shows up. But I I do think that you can, Kelly, that even if you feel you have no credentials, you can say, you know, I like it. Thanks, but I like it. That's actually, you know, that's one of those really really good little uh, um, deterrents on when people are criticizing you is you say, thanks. (laughs) Thanks, but I like it. I like it. All right, moving along. Okay, we got another one. Yeah, we do. Okay, Although, and I said, and then Kelly, don't invite him again. That's the other thing too. But. Yeah, but he's a cousin. He's a cousin. He's a cousin. Uh, what do you do? You know, uh, he's know. just going to show up and be a jerk. I know. You tell him that the par- the Christmas party is actually on the twenty sixth. Give him the wrong year. year. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
perfect. We have a regular listener named Jill McCarthy in Fresno, and she is back with another question. And yes, she may be it for our regular listeners, but <laughs> in fact, I'm thinking she might win a year-end gift. Um, oh, I think so. Yeah, so maybe I one, think of, so. So maybe one of those like cork things that are... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, never mind. <laughs> she asks, this sort of is what we were talking about a little bit earlier. Right. She asks, my rich boss invites us to his home for a holiday dinner party. Since his paycheck can buy a winery and mine can buy two-buck chuck, hmm. how do I handle this? What wine can I bring that he'll like but won't break my budget? Uh, and the key here is find a good wine shop because what you need to go in and find is something that will be different and unusual that he wouldn't normally buy that's going to be an adventure for him. Because if you think you're going to buy him an Napa Valley Cabernet, mm, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, out no. of your league. Yeah, you know, I, I think she may be joking a little bit about the two-buck chuck, but she's probably trying to keep the wine under, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks, 20, oh, right. 15, 20 bucks probably. Yep. Right. So you can That's you hard. can certainly find those. You, know, you but, can find some interesting wines at that price. And, you know, something I love looking at some of the weirder wine regions in the world or different wine regions in the world and getting people things like Madeira. Is her boss going to fall in love with Madeira? I don't know, but Madeira is a wine that nobody drinks, and it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. And yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a dessert. Well, a sweet, know, slightly but sweet. But there's one of where you go into a wine really, shop yeah. and you yeah. say, I've only got 20 bucks, but I want to buy something for a wine geek that's going to be a little out of the ordinary. What could I get him? Yeah, and the other thing you can say, unless he's a real... Unless he's somebody like Kelly's cousin, right. a, a Dodger fan. Uh, no. Okay, <laughs> we, we just kissed we have, off yeah, the L.A. Sorry. market for good. No, we understand. We understand. If you live in L.A., you should root for the Dodgers. Yes. We just don't want to hear about it. Uh, <laughs> no. If um, Is that it's also how you present it. And you can say, sure. I know that you, you, know, you have a lot more experience in wine than I do, and, but you know, I, I hope this one's interesting for you. I think it might be. Right. And, you know, it's the earnestness of the gift is all that really matters at that point, you yep. know. And actually, I would look at, if I were in this scenario, I didn't have very much money, had to bring a bottle for somebody, or had to bring a gift for somebody who was considered, I think it would be easier to find an olive oil, ah, um, nice. an interesting little nice combination, thought. a tiny little basket of mm-hmm. with a craft salami, little bit of craft cheese, something like that. I mean, let's be fair. Food's wonderful because no matter how much they have of it, they're going to eat it and they're going to need more. The other thing to do is take a little tip from the Japanese who believe that the wrapping and the presentation of the gift is as important and as And give them a little inside. folded up bird? No, you don't give them a little origami bird. But if you were to take a little salami and a little cheese and a little something and you mm-hmm. were to wrap that into a clever little package and all and, and make it personalized, I think that would have the desired effect. Yeah, you know, actually, I think you really hit on it uh, just a minute ago um, with the olive oil because yep. I think, you know, Everybody, everybody who likes wine has some connection to food. Yep. We all in the wine business talk about this, but but everyone in the wine world knows that olive oil is sort of connected. Yep. So an interesting olive oil probably save you a couple of dollars, but you can get a pretty good olive oil for ten dollars, twelve dollars, fourteen bucks maybe. So it's cheaper. It's un, within your range, um, and it always looks like an interesting gift. Yes. It's always something the packaging you can use. is always nice. You can always use an olive oil. Yep. It doesn't need to open. We're right not away. talking about the big cans in the supermarket. Not the by can the in the supermarket. No. That's right. But um, but I think that's actually um, we. So you we actually think com- I had a good idea? Huh? We, we we we. Well, I'm totally taking credit for it. <laughs> Excellent job. <laughs> All right. That's why he's a journalist. <laughs> there <folks>. you go. <laughs> All right. One more from Susan Gilliam in South Lake Tahoe. Cool. This is kind of a fun one. Um, 
Every mulled wine recipe I see is really specific about the spices, but they mostly say red wine. What red wine? Sometimes I see something called, well, it's called claret. Uh, uh, claret, I'm sorry, but she might not even know that. But what is claret? Is well, let's asking. start with what is mulled wine. Yeah. Because well. mulled wine is a traditional holiday treat when you take red wine and you mix it with spices and sugar and other things and you drink it. And when it, it gives a wonderful aroma. Right. To the it's whole actually, house. even if you don't drink it, just making it makes the house smell good, right? Makes the house smell right. great. Usually has cloves and cinnamon and some other things in it. Traditional holiday drink. And right, right, right. actually, easy to make, too. Easy to make. And actually, I, I think it was probably popular in the old days because by December, the wines were starting to go bad and it was important to add something to it to make yeah. it drinkable for the holidays. Yeah. So that's what mulled wine is. Now, what wine do you use for that? Well, right off the bat, these new blended red wines mm-hmm. that people are making are really good for this. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, every- and I'm going to say claret is not. Claret is it's a Bordeaux blend, right? It's it's Cabernet blend wines. And right. I think that that's I, my guess would be not really wanting to go. I think that right. what Paul's saying is actually in a richer, sweeter version. Yep. You're, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Claret actually means Bordeaux, although right. it didn't originally. And sometime we'll have to do a history note about claret, um, and we can also tie in James Bond to that. So we'll save yeah. that story for yeah. a good adventure. Yeah, that's, in the meantime, that's our spy episode. Your red wine should be one of these big blended red wines. You want it to have plenty of flavor. You want it to be full, rich, ripe, because you're going to do a lot of stuff to it, and you want it to stand up for that. Or, or even an, uh, an inexpensive port style wine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yeah, it's going to give you some of the sweetness already. So remember, you yep. have some of the sweetness there in the wine, so don't dump tons of sugar in there, but it's yep. going to be there. And it, it'll, it'll also stand up to all the cooking. Yep. It will be delicious. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be fun. It'll actually keep some of its alcohol. So, A lot you know, of fun. Not that that's why you're there, but all right. That's it for questions for now. We will have more in the second half of our show. If you'd like to ask a question that we can answer on the show or at least take a whack at Go to rickandpaulwine.com, all one word, Rick and Paul Wine. Coming up, some bad wine writing from people who really ought to know better. We'll be right back. You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. Ah, yes. Time for our regular attempt to bring you some really horrible wine writing in a feature we cleverly call Really Horrible Wine Writing. Hooray! (laughs) All right. And there is plenty of it out there. It's never hard to find, although mine comes from an intriguing source, which you will get to in a minute. Hardly wait. Intriguing source. Yeah, yeah. actually, I love this source. Okay. I'm going to use it later for another another show for another reason. Excellent. Good. Okay. So who starts? You want to do yours? No, no, no. You do yours first. I'll start with mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is um, well. You, you you'll be able to tell from the description what kind of wine it is, but I just love the craziness of this. From a one point one acre vineyard near Diamond Creek, just a whiff of mountain spice, cedar, and meat. <laughs> First and foremost, about the black, juicy berry fruits, creamy and rich in the mouth with mulberry, kirsch, and cocoa mocha flavors. Softer tannin makes it enjoyable now. That's wonderful. Actually, it could be two things. It could be a cab, and it could also be a Syrah. Yeah, it, it is a cab. Yeah. Um, meat. 
Yeah. Well, the meats one we think could be a sriracha. I'm like telling you. I like mountain spice too, as opposed to just regular spice. Mountain spice. Yes. Yeah. What is mountain spice? Is it is it like a spice that is good at high altitude? Taller. It's taller, taller spice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spice from f- further up yes. on the hill. And cedar. And first and first and foremost about the. Well, black. first of all, no verbs. Yeah. Yeah. No verbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only descriptors. And Kirsch. 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 Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, I love it. I love it. Oh, that's great. Yep. All right. And so, mulberries. Mulberry. Mulberry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because everybody knows exactly what mulberry tastes. You know, nobody eats mulberries. You can't really eat mulberries. <laughs> mulberries doesn't matter, Rick. They're really bitter. It doesn't matter. No, We're well, wine writers. Yeah, okay. What I, do you got? All right. The 2000, these are great ones too. The 2012 Chardonnay mixes sawmill wheat essences with a pulpy <laughs> nacho perfume. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. That okay. sounds like it comes from Tijuana is what uh, it sounds like okay. it comes it from. It gets better. Okay. The Pinot Noir combines aromatic Cool Ranch undertones and a voluptuous cilantro pepper finish. Cool Ranch undertones. Does, <laughs> does that mean ranch dressing or does that mean like cool ranch, like you got a cool ranch, baby? <laughs> okay. You're going to like this third one. Okay. A libido-boosting cheese finish. <laughs> Swift. <laughs> And swift velvet elements are entangled in the 2007 Syrah. <laughs> oh, right. man. So so I, I'll just tell you where this comes from. Yes. I found a random wine critique generator. Oh, excellent. Random tasting notes. Excellent. <laughs> and what it does is it picks swift up Swift velvet elements. <laughs> I love it. So what we are going to do in another show yeah. is I'm going to find I'm going to have it generate I, I picked three really goofy ones. Yeah, sure. I'm going to have it generate a wine, a one or two, and then I'm going to have a real one in there. And we'll see which see, one see we can, can tell if we can, which is which. I'm That's sorry. great. <laughs> Sawmill wheat essences with a pulpy nacho perfume. <laughs> I like the libido-boosting cheese. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Excellent. We, you're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. We'll talk more about wine in the holidays. And, and libido-boosting <laughs> cheese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will be right back. Stay with us. You're listening to Ball Talk with Rick and Paul. Here they come. Ah, the men with trumpets. That means we're hailing back in time for another of our historic history moments because, if I may be semi-serious for a moment, we think one of the great things about wine is how it connects to our history. All right, Paul. What history do you have for us? <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you the history of the libido-inducing cheese, Rick. No. That's exactly what I was hoping. <laughs> no, I actually thought we'd have the other end of the cheese, which is what do you put cheese on? Toast. Toast. And yeah, I right. thought I'd do a little bit of history about the role of toast in wine. And, of course, this goes back for longer than there is history. <laughs> Okay, so we've got a ancient m- cup of wine, and it's raised up to get it close to closer to God. Right. That's sort of where the whole toast comes from, and we still do that today. When you when you promise, so that was is, is like, you here lift, you go, the gods, the you wine gods. Lift the toast up to get it closer to heaven. But interestingly enough, the Romans used to put toast, literally toast, toasted bread in their wine. 
to absorb their aromas, to make it taste a little better. That would you that, may yeah, because actually toasted bread, remember, has tiny bits of charcoal. Sure. I mean, sure. and so the charcoal actually would absorb off flavors. And part of that that process was that they would put the toast in the wine so that they could they could drink wine with fewer off aromas. No, oh, there you go. There you go. Well, speaking of wine, with, it's why people so often have toast when they're dining with you, Rick. Yeah, it's yeah. There's many reasons why. Absorb I, I, the it's off mostly, aromas. Yeah, well, it's funny because when I have people over for dinner and I cook for them, for some reason they're all bring their own toast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why. Exactly right. <laughs> all right. Well, we had a question about mulled wine earlier, and uh, it, since it's it's this time of year. And which was, as you mentioned, another thing that people did f- to get rid of the bad flavors in wines was they put spices. And yep. we've talked about that yep. before. We need to do yeah. a, actually a full show on all on this what stuff. what people put in wine yeah. and wine. Yeah. yeah. But um, but but mine is actually the the mo- the, the first clear mold wine. Uh-huh. Um, it goes back uh, 500 BC to Hippocrates. Oh. He allegedly invented this cloth strainer, basically sewn together, coming to a point yep. that. After the wine was mulled with all the junk they put in it. And to strain it out. Yeah. Because most people didn't have a mustache. And there is a wine named after him called Mm -hmm. Hippocrates. Yeah, absolutely. Which is through the Middle Ages, up through the Middle Ages until they could figure out how to make wine. Um, And and it was actually supposed to be good for you. It was supposed to be good for you. Right, right, right. Um, And actually, mulled wine really started to catch on. Really started to catch on in Victorian England when... It turns out people could finally start to afford all those spices. So there was the uh-huh, hypocrisy uh-huh. was always a highly expensive wine, mm-hmm, but it mm-hmm. became you know, widely popular in Victorian, in, which is why it's in all every those Dickens every there. Dickens story. Absolutely right. <laughs> all right. So I have one other bit of advice. As long as we're talking about parties, for me or just for everybody. Well, this is actually applies probably directly to you, but okay. but you know people talk about like you know I got some advice for you. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you've been telling me this for a long time, but I am not hightailing it out of here. Sorry. <laughs> The, you know, is we talk about, you know, uh, I mean, parties, there's a lot of drinking at parties. Hmm. And, you know, it's the time of year. And, you know, hmm. we're, of course, all those, you know, drive carefully, don't drink and drive and stuff. But yep. but I think one of the, it's one of the times of year, you know, where you're with your relatives or your colleagues and that sort of thing. And I say, let them all get drunk first. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'm sort of joking, but sort of serious. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the joking part is, of course, <laughs> let them get drunk first. Um, and but it also. So, what is the serious part? The serious in? part is is not is really as much as we want to drink at these times of year. Yep. There's plenty other times to drink good wine and and yep. all these sorts of yep. things. I say eat like a pig. <laughs> but actually, that's that's also your that's also the thing you should do if you are going to drink. Right. And so, right. you know, we all tend to walk in and start drinking, and then we don't get to the food table right yep. away. Yep. I say get to the food table right away if it's hors d'oeuvres and that sort of yep. thing, and then you don't really have to worry about drinking too much. Well, and I go, less on, I go one it. step further. Glass of water for every glass of wine. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I— well, That's I, a real glass of water versus the the wine glass So I walk into a what is so-called a wine reception where everybody's standing around drinking wine, and I'm filling my glass up to the top with water, and I'll drink that for five, ten minutes while everybody else is tasting their wine, and then by the time I go back and get a glass of wine, I'm feeling much better about myself than a lot of them are. Right, right. And then then the other thing is if I do get a glass I don't like, I'm not afraid to go to the bartender or the bathroom and dump it because you know what life is too short to drink stuff you don't like to drink oh that part's true yeah you know so and, big reception nobody's paying attention but if i get something i don't like eh, sorry you know and, and remember too company parties are are uh, on the one hand company parties yes but the company plays into and if you're around you know the people you work with 
Um, you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself. I do daily when I'm sober. <laughs> I don't want to add to it. You know, right. and, and here's the other thing I would say to uh, take a different cab home uh, from your boss. <laughs> I, I just think that's good advice in Is general. Is that based on personal experience? No, I'm just saying, well, no. Uh, but uh, I'm just thinking, you know, if you're drinking, he's drinking, she's drinking, whoever it is, uh, you know. You don't want to, you don't want to be the person. Well, actually, I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking you don't want to be the person that they're the most embarrassed to see. The next morning, yeah, because then you don't, you know. So I say, you know, let them get the cab for them, and you yeah, know, yeah. that's which is really dumb advice. Although but good advice, don't be afraid to call a cab. Don't be afraid to call a cab, Paul. You're a cab. <laughs> it didn't work. You're didn't listening work. to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. When we come back, more questions from listeners, and next week that could be you. Stay with us. Listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. We're going back to our mailbag. And by the way, if you'd like to ask us a question we can muddle around with, and we will give you credit for it, go to rickandpaulwine.com. All right, we have a repeat question from one uh, was becoming one of our repeat listeners, Tracy Strong in Sacramento. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a good question, yeah. actually. Uh, it's, it could be a long answer. How do you think the drought will affect this year's wines in California? Well, from everybody I've talked to, pretty nice harvest, pretty straightforward harvest. Of course, the farmers will always complain about too much rain or not enough rain. I mean, I mean, it's what farmers do. They they live out there looking up at the sky. But the good news is that it did not rain during harvest, so that the grapes got into the wineries in pretty good shape. What will happen over time, not this year, but if these conditions continue, we'll just have less wine because the vines begin to shut down and produce less fruit. Right. Um, right. You know, there's only so much water in the ground, and they can only produce that many grapes. So I wish there were a funnier part of this story, yeah. but we really are in a serious drought. Yeah, and this, is, this is not a funny answer, too. And I've been doing a lot. I've made a lot of calls on this, too, because yeah. I want some stories on this. And, you know, that was the exact same reaction all over the state, some places worse than others. Yep. And for for what it's worth, you know, the the world wine supply is sort of evened out to about mm-hmm. normal this year. Yep. Although so, the the Europeans had a cold, wet year, right, so right. less attractive. Yeah, yep. some places had other problems too. So uh, in the short run, it should we should be it we won't notice it so much. The long run could be really brutal if if we don't get some rain. But to be fair, if it's really brutal for the wine industry, it'll be really brutal in a lot of other ways, too. So it's not just wine we're worried about. Yeah, thanks for bringing us down, Tracy. Yeah, boy, I tell you. We're having a a holiday party here. I need a glass of wine. It's a good question. It is a good question. (laughs) Ryan Gardner of Vacaville. Well, this is more of a holiday season-ish kind of question, and and it's a good one, although it's, it's less jovial. Says lots of stores are having all kinds of wine sales. The ones yep. that confuse me the most are those five cent and ten cent sales for a second bottle. With all due respect, and I always like the way people put in all due respect because what it means is he's not really buying it. All as, due yeah. respect means I think you're kind of an idiot. So well, or what it as in in the South they say bless your heart, which means you yeah. are just completely an idiot. Okay. Now I hope he's saying with all due respect to them and not us, because but he <laughs> probably thinks we're interested. Bless your heart. Anyway, Ryan, I'm sorry we're not really answering your question. So he's asking about the five cent sales and ten cent sales, and he says with all due respect, it sounds too good to be true. Yeah. I'm pretty sure a big box store is not going to sell me a bottle of wine for ten cents. That's pretty good, well, Ryan. It's it's pretty good because of course they're not selling you a bottle of wine no, for they ten are cents, not. and that yeah. would be the way to test this theory is to go in and say, okay, I want the ten cent sale, but I don't want the first bottle. I only want the second bottle. Yeah, well, that's How not going to See how that works for you. I was in a store that was uh, not the one that does the five cent sale, but they had a 10 cent sale. And because you and I are in the business, but these were a bunch of wines that I deal with a lot for tastings and very events I do. So I knew all of those wines. And it turned out the price on all but one of them was exactly their normal price when you divided it by two. 
Right. So the the twelve dollar wine was up to eighteen or nineteen bucks. It was and it was exactly the sale price. There was one wine that ended up being like six bucks a bottle mm-hmm. that they probably mm-hmm. yeah. they probably calculated wrong. Yeah. So it's neither good nor bad. It's the, exactly normal. See, I'm thinking there are two answers to this question, Ryan. And one of them is that an awful lot of these wines, and and these stores understand this, these wines list price $20 a bottle. And then... Well, that's another Three point. months of the year, they there's a five-cent sale, and you can buy them basically two for 20 bucks. And the truth is, they don't sell those wines for nine months. Those right. wines sit on the shelf declaring 20 bucks a bottle, but they don't sell. And everybody knows it, from the producer to the store. Everybody knows these wines are not going to sell at $20 a bottle. We put them in the store to establish the price so that then we can have the five-cent sale, and people will buy bucket loads of this at $10 because they're getting a $20 bottle of wine. But no one has ever made that wine, sold that wine, or distributed that wine with the sense that it really is a $20 bottle of wine. It's really a $10 bottle of wine. And this is, by the way, a little bit different from, you know, many supermarkets do this where, you know, it's always on sale. The wine was $17.99, but they're selling it for $14.99. They never, ever sold it for $17.99. It's a $14.99 wine. Now, there's a third category which is the wines that are in the shopping cart near the door. Well, that's, yeah, that's uh, the wines. And this is, well, and those no, are the wines that which are a dollar a bottle or two dollars a bottle or three dollars a bottle. And to be fair, they don't really care whether you pay them. There's a reason that they're cart's just, by the door. Out, yeah. Get them out of here. And this is not the display by the door. The, you know, no, no, the, the no, 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 stacks no. by the door. Those are wines that, those right. are wines they think you'll like and that right. you'll buy right. and make life, this is life the, easy. This on is you. the tag yeah. ends. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is the bargain bin down at the bottom. Yeah. Or and they just want them out of the It may have something right. They can, they can also be in the front of the wine department sometimes too, which is in some version from Uruguay from 1993 that's on sale in your supermarket. They've got two bottles left, and it's a dollar a bottle, and it's overpriced. There's another category to be aware of, especially this time of year, which is that often, especially at supermarkets, and I've seen this in one or two in particular, one or two chains in particular, at the end of the wine aisle there will be a shelf with a lot of relatively big name wines mm-hmm. for relatively inexpensive prices. In that case, you need to look at the vintages because what they're right. doing is they're clearing out their back inventory and they know people are looking for bargains. You know, and so think about this. If it's a Chardonnay that's more than a couple years old, yep. you, it's probably and you know how you know you, there will always be at least one Chardonnay in there. You may not know the vintages and how long right. the red wines will age, but if there's a Chardonnay that's more than a couple years old, pretty much all Keep, those wines are gonna be walk too further old. down the aisle. Yes. Find something a little fresher. Yes, they're going to be old. They're going to be messing with yep. you. And frankly, uh, that's uh, move on, right? Move on. Yep. All right, we're zipped the mailbag, zipping it up, moving on. If you'd like to ask a question about wine or pretty much anything, although we're not even very good at answering questions about wine, go to rickandpaulwine.com. <laughs> All one word, Rick and Paul Wine. Coming up, we have a food and wine pairing for you. We'll be right back. You're listening to Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul, and it's food and wine pairing time. And since this is this is the season of big old holiday dinners, big old holiday dinners, big old holiday dinners. How many courses? How oh, many plates on the millions. table? It's a it's the it's as we said during the Thanksgiving. It's uh, the groaning table. It, it's the Las Vegas buffet of <laughs> of, of, uh, of dinner parties. That's right. Yeah. So you've got all these foods, but they're the holidayish foods we eat, which right. you know you. Could be many things, right? But holiday issues: turkey, could be prime rib, could, could, could be, be ham, ham right? Could be right. all sorts of different things, right. right? Which one do you go for? 
Oh man. Well, I'm and, gonna... uh, wait, wait, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, a requirement See, here. See, I knew you'd make it harder. Uh, no sparkling because you and I would both go for sparkling because it's such a great combination with so many things. But we're already assuming you've been drinking some sparkling, or you will have a, a toast with sparkling. I wish so I'd been drinking some. Sparkling I would like. Right now. I would like a suggestion beyond sparkling. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say um, for me. A classic, classic wine because it's a festive occasion. And that, to me, if you're drinking red wine, is a Napa Valley Cabernet or a bottle of a nice Bordeaux. You put that on the table. It's serious. It's every, it lets everybody know, yeah, we may play around with this other stuff from time to time, but this is the time of the year where you pull out your really best stuff. And I hope it's good because it can be spectacular, and with those foods, it'll be great. I like how you're thinking. Basically, it's and this is the old theory it's, of get your wine you like, get your food you like, and sit down and eat it's it. It's time, time to play the face cards. Yes. Now, this isn't a time to pull out the nine of diamonds and tell everybody how interesting it is. This is a time to lay down that king of spades bang on the table and say, this is what we're drinking tonight. Well, I'm sort of going in the same direction, but I'm going whites. But I'm saying your some of the, your favorite Chardonnay. Queen of Hearts. Queen of Hearts. I'm saying Absolutely. your favorite Chardonnay. Play your face cards. It, it's the holidays. Okay, Queen of Hearts. Favorite Chardonnay because you'll like it. People will like it. and They won't got, like you, they but won't, they but, won't like you no matter what you, know, you it's do. Good Chardonnays, so. good Chardonnays with a little bit of city, they can handle a lot of those yeah, richer yeah. foods. So sure. I, I say that's yeah. where you go with that. People and now will not complain except your real wine geek friends, and they should have brought their own bottle of something anyway. Tell them. Yeah. Tell them we said to uh, go sit out in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for another round of Bottle Talk with Rick and Paul. If you'd like to ask us a question for our question part of the show, go to rickandpaulwine.com, all one word, Rick and Paul Wine. We will always be nice, if not necessarily accurate. And if you learned anything today, we hope it's let your boss get more drunk than you. Absolutely. I'm Rick Cushman. And I'm Paul Wagner. And remember, the best wines you drink are with friends. Or with us. Especially with us. 